Jeremiah chapter 10 is where we will start from. And then after that words, we go to Psalm number 2. Again, let's try and all read in the same version. Not because the version is more spiritual than the others. It's simply just to make our reading more uniform. That's just the reason, nothing more than that. All right? So that our voices will synchronize. That's what it's called resonance in physics and also in music. So that we will achieve resonance. All right? Jeremiah chapter 10, we are reading 11 verses. We are beginning from verse 6 and we are reading all the way to verse 16. All right, from the bottom of your hearts, let's declare once, let's go. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. Who will not fear you, O King of the nations? Indeed, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations, and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. They are all together stupid and foolish. In their discipline of delusion, their idol is wood. Beaten silver is brought from Tarshish and gold from Ophaz, the work of a craftsman and the hands of a goldsmith. Violet and purple are their clothing. They are all the skilled men. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Read verse 10 again. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. 11. Thus you shall say to them, The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from other the heavens. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding he has stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there's a tumult of waters in the heavens, and he causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid, devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols, for his molten images are deceitful, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of mockery. In the time of their punishment, they will perish. Verse 16. But portion of Jacob is not like this, for the maker of all is he. And Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. The portion of Jacob is not like this, for the maker of all is he. And Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. And the Lord of hosts is his name. We declare again that Jesus is Lord. We declare that Jesus is God manifested in flesh. Amen. We declare again that Jesus died. Behold the Lamb of God, John said, that takes away the sins of the whole world. We declare again that Jesus took away the sins of the whole world. Amen. And there is no other name given under heavens by which man can be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We declare again that everyone who believes in him has passed out of death and has passed into life. Amen. We declare again that in him is life. And that life is a light of men. That, that, that light shines in darkness. Amen. And darkness cannot overpower it. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We declare again that Jesus is coming back again. Amen. We declare that he is a governor among the nations. Amen. We declare it's only because of him that the nations will quake. Amen. We declare that he is the king of kings. Amen. He is the lord of lords. Amen. And he is a soon coming king. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
again, let's read Psalm 2. It's important. I feel, I feel like today we should read that Psalm number 2 also. All right, let's go together. One, two, let's go. Why, Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cause from us. For he who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you eight. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Ten. Now, therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, that he not become angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. amen. The Lord is good. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, give me an amen. amen. We declare again to the kings of the earth, show discernment. We say to the judges of the earth, take warning. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, otherwise he's going to become angry. And the result of that is that you will perish. But for all those who take refuge in him, there is salvation. Say amen like you believe it. We said, for all those who take refuge in him, there is salvation. In the midst of calamity, for all those who believe in the Son, there is salvation. In the midst of lack, for all those who believe in the Son, there is provision. In the midst of trouble, for all those who believe in the Son, Jesus Christ, there is safety. There is safety for everyone listening to me who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is safety for you, and there is safety for your family. As you travel, safety is your portion. They say coronavirus has brought another deadlier stream. I read it, and I think it was laughter. I just felt like laughing. You know, we said from the beginning, you know, God is very... Fear God. That's all I can say. Just fear God. They said this one does not look like it will respond to the vaccine. Ah, uh-huh. uh, yes. That's what they said. That the way it's behaving, the vaccines will not work. Those who have been infected before are at risk. Uh-huh. Yes. So as of today, uh, yesterday, America has shut their door against all flights from South Africa. Many countries are shutting doors again. Decide again. Only in the Lord and righteousness, and strength. There's no safety in human beings, though. There's no economic safety. Some people say, if I just get the visa, listen, in fact, you, you, are greater, you are at more risk. Yeah, because the reason is simply because once you show to the Lord that he's not your salvation, two things. One, he leaves you alone. Two, he has to prove that you are, you are, you are unwise. That's it. Listen, only in the Lord our righteousness and strength. Amen. Only in the Lord is safety. Amen. Run into him. Just ask what you should be praying. Lord, how do I get in? What does it mean to be in? What is the method of hiding in Christ? That's the only thing you should be doing. I don't want to start preaching now. Recently I was reading again. I understood further. Before I talked about what's wrong with the king. When Israel asked for a king. Now I, know, I now understand even more than before. 
Before I knew what was, I thought I knew what was wrong. But I now realized there's another side of it I never saw. I said, my God. In most Very important in life, don't replace God in your life. In any aspect of your life, don't replace God. Many of us have replaced him. And we don't realize it. But let me not start teaching that now. All right, let's take our seats in a moment. Before that, let's take our declaration of understanding, as we usually do. One, two, let's go. Now I declare. That the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Anybody who pays attention today will receive a new dose of that new anointing. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Whatever it is that you are doing for the Lord, you become more efficient. That's what it's going to do. Whatever it is you are doing for the Lord, you will become more efficient. Amen. You will become more productive. Amen. Greater favor than you ever knew will come your way. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What I've told you is the word of the Spirit. Favor. Favor will open doors for you. Amen. As a matter of fact, you will step into places you did not dream you will be able to get to in the next 10 years. Amen. Favor will open doors for you. Amen. Favor will open doors for you. Amen. People who have more resources than you, they will do things as a favor for you. Amen. And they are not looking for anything in return. They just, their determination is just to help David become king. Why? Because God had placed an anointing upon David. I say to you again today, a fresh anointing is coming your way. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. Just as a reminder, today is the last of our regular meetings here. So whatever I want to say about David has to finish today. So we are looking at um, lessons from the life of David. So let me remind us of some things that we have um, been doing. Now, first of all, what's the purpose of all of this? The goal of our instruction. I spoke about that last year when we were closing. Last year we didn't have an end-of-year program, so we ended the regular way. I just want to remind us the goal of our instruction, and that's what Kingdom World Ministries is about. Kingdom World Ministries. Uh, now, this is not, I'm not, sorry I laughed, okay? Sorry, I laughed. All right? I'm not saying this. I'm not trying to insult anybody. I'm not trying to bring anybody down. But these are realities. Okay? So when I say some things that we are not like this, I'm not mentioning anybody's name. Okay? Again, I'm not trying to praise myself, and I'm not trying to praise the people that work with me. My wife, who was my first co-worker, and all the other people that have come since. We're not praising ourselves. We're just saying as a matter of fact. Um, the aim of Kingdom World Ministries is simply to teach the people of God the truth of God. I am not doing it personally to become famous, to become well-known at all. In fact, our last uh, book, the one that just came out, Worship and Sex Control, when um, the brotherhood designs and prints, when he finished the cover design, he sent to me. So after I was trying to hurry him up to get things ready on time, he now said that he didn't know he had to go ahead to start running the cover. I said, ah, what do you mean you don't have, you didn't have to go ahead? I had already approved of it. We have done the corrections. I said, go ahead. He said, but I have not yet put picture. If you notice, my photograph is missing. It's deliberate. It wasn't an oversight. He reminded me, send a photo now. 
I said, no. I said, no, I don't, don't worry. I don't want the photo. Print it like that. Okay? If we do flyers these days, you don't see my face in any one of them. It's deliberate. In fact, it's Port Harcourt Buddha that began that one. I told you what happened. Once we went to Port Harcourt, hey, I saw my face. Those brethren in Port Harcourt, they did one, you know, those massive ones across the road. I looked at myself. I looked at myself, smiling, you know. I just looked, I said, what are you up to, Banky? <laughs> my problem was I just looked like a false prophet. That was just it. <laughs> I just said, is Banky also amongst the false prophets? So the next one they did, I said, brethren, please. So I told the guy designing, put my face as a watermark. Put it behind. So I said, Banky, what is your face doing there, sir? I said, I better remove it entirely. Now, your face on posters is not a sin. No. I'm just telling you my personal thing. I just, when they said, I said, listen, those who listen to me, they know the name. Most of them, they don't care. Well, because of um, um, social media and all of that, they know the face, but most of them don't care about it. It's just the name. I said, just write my name. If they can find the name, they know who's preaching. Now, I'm not to emphasize the fact that we're not doing this for popularity or for fame. No. My desire is just that people will learn the word of God and operate by it, live by it. That is what makes me glad. So, anything we are doing here is centered around that. It is not centered around building a cathedral one day, not at all. It's not something like, what will you leave for your children? Any of my children that's not anointed to preach, what is he coming here to do? I hope you're getting my point. And if God calls you to ministry, see all of them sitting down there looking at me, you can go down the road, open your own ministry. That's your problem. We will come, we will join you, lay hands on you, you continue. I hope you're getting my point. Uh This thing is not by natural inheritance. Okay? Yes. And I mean, anything I want to do for you while we are alive, we'll do it for you. And once we have educated you, we have done all we are supposed to do. We've taught you righteousness and justice. And we've talked, giving you basic education in life. What do you remain? Even if I dash your house, you won't live in it. I know the way people behave. Because by the time the time comes to live in that house, God will have blessed you. And you, <laughs> you will not even be the place where I built the house. I built in Enugu. And then God calls you to, what's the name of that country? Down south, Malawi. You know that Malawi. Are you going to upload your house and download it on the other side? No. So all of these things are not part of the reasons we are doing what we are doing. What we are just doing, just me, not just me, all the people who are working with me, we just have one purpose, to make sure the people of God learn the truth of God and operate by the truth that they have learned and they are still learning. At the end of the day, anytime we hear testimonies of how uh, one brother saw me in Port Harcourt, he said the book Grace to Prosper changed his life. I now use the book as tracts. He buys and gives them out to people. We don't have copies, physical copies much anymore. If we still have it, it will be just a few. And I took a while for somebody to persuade him to read the book because I didn't like the idea. Of, you know, this prosperity thing has gotten to him. And somebody virtually forced him to read that one. And since then, he has not stopped reading it and convincing other people to read. When I hear such testimonies, I'm glad. One brother was here yesterday. He said he married his wife because I was passing and I jokingly said, looks like this thing will work. He said it's the word of the prophet. He didn't care that this... <laughs> He said, I was sitting with the lady, and I was passing. And, you know, I just cracked jokes. I just went to the and said, hmm, two of you, what are you up to? Looks like this is a good thing. It will work. The guy said, look, the prophet has spoken. 
Oh, the Lord is good. First Timothy chapter 1. Paul said, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Yeah, I like that. That verse is very powerful. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. He said, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. And I can say, in Kingdom World Ministries, it's the same thing we're operating. The goal of our instruction is that people will know the true faith that is in Christ Jesus, live a life of righteousness and holiness, and be separated from the world in all that they do. Not just the average Christian, but even the ministers of the gospel. All right, the Lord is good. So let's now conclude our series, not because we have said everything, but because we are closing today. So let's see how much we can accomplish in teaching in that regard today. What title did we give it again? A man after God's heart, yes. A man after God's heart. Yeah, that's the title we gave it. So we're looking at the life of David, a number of things. So today we're going to look at, um, actually what we began last time, which I thought I'll be able to speak on last time, but which I didn't end up speaking much about. We ended up speaking more about the fact that we need to guard and keep whatever God has given to us and that the anointing upon our lives we have a responsibility to protect it. The anointing does not protect us at all. I said it. It does not keep you from sin. The anointing does not keep you from doing what is wrong. You need to use the general principles that Christians operate by to keep yourself from sin, keep yourself from iniquity, partly because you treasure the anointing that is upon you. You do not want to be like Samson and lose that anointing. I hope you're getting my point. So it's not only the... Um, you know, I, I said it before, I've seen... They, they fight. A lot of preachers feel like because we are anointed, because we are called, we can get away with things. It's not true. You are more likely to be punished. Your punishment is more severe because your life is not only your life. It's also an example that Christians are following. So when you, when you lead Christians astray, you are judged for that. Let me say that again. When you lead believers astray, you are judged for it. As a preacher, be careful. If you lead Christians astray, the Lord judges you for it. If you preach what is not true, you are piling up judgment for yourself. If you deliberately say that which you know the Spirit did not say, say you should say, especially when you now, you now added that the Spirit said so, then your punishment is multiplied by two each time they count. I hope you are getting my point. Yes, that's the way it works. So you should be more careful. If you are standing and people have opened their hearts as instructed by the Lord to you, they have, they have opened their heart. Don't pour junk into it. Don't pour your, even your anger, don't pour it into it. Your own opinion, don't pour it into, into their hearts. Be careful to make sure that only what the Spirit is saying is what you are saying to them. It just, once you put that as a personal discipline, the Lord will help you. I hope you are getting my point. Just know that you cannot take the people of God for granted. God is watching and he will judge. It, James said, when they say, who will be teacher? I said, dodge. Because, <laughs> you know, don't volunteer for some jobs. Make sure that you are compelled to do them. He said, because you experience double judgment. Your mistakes are not yours alone. They cause other people to go astray. And please, I want to say it again. God judges so. God judges. He judges Preachers more severely. The fact that you are preaching and you are preaching all over the place does not give you any special um, like uh, advantage with the Lord. Say, ah, 
Because the Lord knows I'm a preacher and I don't go do anything. It's a lie. You are the one that, you know, I say your, your, your press-up has gone, your, your judgment has gone to a bigger gym to do bigger press-up so it can fall on you harder when you're a preacher. The average Christian, not just football, the judgment they play to exercise for the beating time. But your own, your judgment goes, carries weight. So that when he wants to give you body slam, please behave like that. Say only things that you know are true. If you make a mistake, let's know that it's a sincere error, in which case the Holy Spirit will correct you, and then you demonstrate the sincerity of your error by going openly to say, sorry, I was wrong. I hope you're getting my point. These days, there are so many things that make prophets not hear God well, and these things in the society, the, you know, the, the anger, you know, you know the, the pressures around. Everybody's speaking one particular way. Many times the prophet has to speak against what is popular. I hope you're getting my point. You come to this, our region, everybody thinks our head of state is an evil spirit. What if God said, go and tell them that I, I appointed him for their good? Stand open boldly and say it. Prophets are not popular people. If you are too popular as a prophet, something is wrong. And, and I'm, very sure, I'm, I'm very serious about that. If you are too popular as a prophet, something is wrong. One, if everybody was right, God wouldn't give you a word. You see what I said? How many prophets have you seen in Israel come to tell them that all your ways are right? <laughs> Nothing's wrong with you. When everything is right, nobody says anything to them. Nobody. The only time you hear encouragement is when they are just repenting. I hope you're getting my point. So now I said, yes, now you have turned on the right to the prophet. You say, good. And the prophet started by telling them you're on the wrong way. So most times you hear prophets, things are not right. So they're having to set people are right. I hope you're getting my point. It's important. So, as a preacher, please be careful. It's so, so crucial that when the people of God open their hearts to you, you make sure that you put in only that which the Lord wants them to hear. It doesn't mean they will like it, too, just by the way. I hope you're getting my point. Truth is bitter, has not changed. The truth is often very bitter. Have you heard this before? That if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you have peace. It depends. (laughs) If the Holy Spirit is telling you to do what you don't want to do, you will not have peace. You will not be able to sleep. You will be tossing up and down. That peace only comes if you are right in your heart. I hope you are getting my point. When you have been disobeying God, the Holy Spirit wants to talk. What you have is pieces. You will not have peace. You know what they call pieces? <laughs> your heart will be shredded. You will be tossing and turning. That's the way it works. So don't say things that make people happy. I've heard these things before. Yeah, I'm, we're already doing our next week's program already. That's what I'm doing now. I'm preaching to preachers. <laughs> have you ever listened before? People have been discouraged. When they come to church, they should be encouraged. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so forget that, you know. That is as nice as it sounds. It is not the word of God. Though. It's common sense. People have gone around life. They have, you have to encourage them. <laughs> Listen. The only thing you have to do as a preacher is tell the truth of God. If the truth encourages them, fine. If the truth discourages them, fine. If you are disobeying God, I should discourage you further. I hope you are getting my point. I don't owe you encouragement. You see preachers on TV every time always talking sweet, 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 sweet. I don't believe in all those gospels. You know, actually it is a sin. When sinners sit in front of you and you tell them it is well with them, you are warming up for judgment. It is a sin. When people come, they should know that it is not well if they are in disobedience. 
Don't believe that thing that says that, no, you have to encourage people on Sunday morning. Not necessarily. Sometimes they should be afraid to come to church. It's good. So comfort, therefore comfort. There are some things that are only for people who fear God already. If you are a disobedient person to the Lord, you shouldn't want to listen to me. My words should make you uncomfortable. When I'm preaching, you'll be shifting in your chair. You should be eager to go out. Usher should catch you. Go back inside. Sit down. <laughs> what will keep you is the Holy Spirit holding you. It's not a sign I'm a good preacher that every time you hear me, that you feel very happy. It only means you are facing righteousness and you know you are, you are happy to hear the truth. What I'm trying to emphasize that preachers, your own is to preach the truth. Whether it works or not, it is irrelevant. It is whether it is true or it's not true. It is working, it's not the issue. The issue is what? Is it true or it is not true? If it is not true, don't preach it. If it is true, but it's not making people happy, preach it also. I've seen preachers that are afraid to preach the truth because the offering will go down. I've heard people, preachers complain, man, that guy just come, Kai, that kind of message. He knows we have to pay bills, though. I'm not kidding, no. You'll be amazed the kind of things that preachers think. He said, who's going to preach next Sunday? He said, ah. He says, Pastor, give me a name. It's, okay, Pastor Joel or Pastor Amos. He said, no, 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 no. Ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Christmas is a, week, a month after now. How can he preach next Sunday? You know Pastor Amos now. When he finishes preaching, nobody gives offerings. I'm not kidding. Preachers will actually bench the man that the Holy Spirit has indicated has the word. Because if this guy preaches now, the brethren will be so convicted. When they say offering time, they're like, we are going time. That is like... <laughs> Give them somebody that will make them happy. They have itching ears. They went out home preaches and they are all excited. They say, look, if you have been blessed today, you are going to do something special for the Lord. Of course, they bring out their apps and they are wiring money. And the pastor said, that was a good service. Again, if you're a pastor, you are reasoning like that, your job is on the line. You're about to get fired. The Lord will transfer you, apostle, to where? The place where you will suffer, exactly. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. Why am I saying all of these things? In case there's a pastor listening to us, that word is for you. Okay, the Lord is good. So, let's get back to David. David, David, David. Book of Psalms, chapter 51. Now, I'm going to read this from the very beginning, the way it is in my Bible, before the, the words of David exactly. The heading in my Bible is, A Contrite Sinner's Prayer for Pardon. Now, what did David write? For the choir director, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came to him after he had gone in to Bathsheba. I, I need that heading, all right? So for us to get the context. Now, let's read the very words of David. He said, Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being. Please bear that in mind. David said, I began my life in iniquity. 
He said, however, verse 6, you desire truth in the innermost being. And the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. For that reason, Lord, I'm praying. Verse 7, purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Now, hyssop was used for applying the blood on the doorposts. Wash me, and I shall be white and as snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing heart. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, the God of my salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. Verse 17, he says, the sacrifices of God are actually a broken heart. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. By your favor, this is another portion now, do good to Zion, build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in righteous sacrifices, in burnt offering and whole burnt offering. The young bulls will be offered on your altar. Please don't forget to interpret verses, um, verse 19 in the light of verses um, 16 and 17. So he has said God does not delight in animal sacrifices. The true sacrifice of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart you will not despise. So when he says that God will find abundant sacrifices, he was talking about the people that will be taught the ways of the Lord. He said then you will delight in righteous sacrifices, which are what? A broken and a contrite heart. A broken spirit. Saying burnt offering and whole burnt offering. The young bulls will be offered on your altar. Those are the things that God will receive. Those are hearts that are laid down before him. Now, this is David's uh, prayer, like the heading shows to us, after he had gone into Bathsheba. Then let me just um, start the preaching today. We're looking at the life of David. And this is a very important lesson. Last time we said God does not use perfect people only. That is, God does not require perfection before he uses people. We have already established that David was chosen while he was yet a small boy. He was really small. So he was conceived in iniquity. He began his life, all right? How did he say it again? He said that, um, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Now, people have, let me just pass a small comment on that. People have said different things about that. The common interpretation is that as a, I, was, I have inborn sin in me, that is, as an Adamic fall, that is, even as an un, un, undeveloped embryo, I was a sinner. So when it's in sin, my mother conceived me. Now, I had a, an explanation once about that, and please, you must understand that these two things are not mutually exclusive. It's not as if one or the other is correct. Actually, sometimes both of them may be correct, but I'm not even saying both are correct. I just want us to bear the other thing in mind. 
that when he said that in sin my mother conceived me, that he was saying that the relationship between his father and his mother had a problem. Maybe the mother was forced to marry after he had impregnated the girl. You know, the day somebody said it to me, I'm going to say, no, it's not. I said, who said it's not possible? When David was saying that, he probably was literal. Which probably explained why he was so far away from the brothers. And the brothers were wondering, who's this guy? And the, mother didn't, the, brother, the father didn't quickly think about um, calling him. It wasn't because of age alone. It's one of those boys, you know, you don't like to tell his story. Maybe, it's possible. I'm not 100% certain. But it's a very strong possibility. That when David said it, he was referring to something. And so it was as if there was a generational, can I use that expression, iniquity that passed on to him. The bad habits of his father. <laughs> you don't know that Solomon got his own habits from somewhere. He got it from David. So David was explaining something to us here. There was, there was a lot of problems, all right, around. And remember the story I told once? Oh, no, it's in the Bible. I didn't tell you. Just explanation that I brought forth. That when Jesus said to that woman caught in the act of adultery, he said, don't sin anymore. When he said that, it was not just about his mercy. It was also about his understanding. Knowing that this woman was not a sinner all by herself. She was a representation of what was going on in the environment. And the very men that wanted to stone her were actually the reasons or they were the reason why she was an adulteress. And which is explained from scripture in that they brought her alone when the commandment was they should have brought the two of them. I hope you are getting my point. So when David said this, he was describing something that was beyond him. It was not just him that was a sinner. His father was a sinner. His mother was a sinner. And they taught him how to sin. So he began his life as a, as a generational sinner. My father committed iniquity. My mother cooperated. They made him her marry him by force. Because Moses said, no, it can't go like that. It's a choice. Either we stone you or you marry her. Believe me, I'm convinced that that's what he was referring to in that particular place. So we said that God doesn't require perfection. In fact, if you look at the scriptures, many of the people that he used, honestly, they, you wouldn't want them as friends. Some people just talk about Israel, Israel. When you see those boys that call themselves descendants of Jacob, Reuben, even his father cursed him for the kind of thing he did against his father. What about Simeon and, uh, 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 and, and Levi? Ah, ah, waiting. Wasted the whole clan after they had gone into an agreement on how to solve the problem with their sister. How do you pronounce her name? Dina or Dinah? They just, brought, they just killed everybody. What about the conspiracy to sell their own brother into slavery? What about that? What about um, Judah? His name means praise. Go and read the story of Judah. Judah used to carry harlots. Why do you think this, this daughter-in-law knew to go and pose on the roadside? They already know Bro Judah now, or Egmont, <laughs> Egmont Judah. They already knew, she knew the kind of thing he would do. Oh, you, you think she was, the, she was the one that initiated him into patronage of such dark places? Of course not. Yeah, he has gone to share sheep now for some days. Embodied on the hut. Not worry. I know what to do. She knew he would do it. 
You know, I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I hope the Holy Spirit is happy with me because the Holy Spirit, what he did, which I'm doing the opposite now, right now, is to make us forget all these bad, bad things. So when we're talking about Judah, praise God. Uh, Judah means praise. Praise means, you know, he's speaking. The boy Judah himself is wondering, are you talking about me? Because when we finish describing him, he said, that's not my life. That was what God wanted, which I'm not sure I gave to him. I hope you're getting my point. But the emphasis, okay, which I think Holy Spirit is okay, it's okay that I brought it up, is that even though the men were imperfect, the Lord still used them. Please let me remind us again, don't be, I said it last time, don't get confused by the fact that God is using you. To take that as his um, approval of your life. There are two reasons why he uses people. One, he has a purpose and he created the person for that purpose. And he has to go on with his purpose. And number two, hopefully, in that process, you will become something that you were not before. Which was what happened with Jacob. And actually, it's a disappointment, really, when children will not learn the lessons that their fathers learned. And they will live a life inferior to that of their father. Because the children of Jacob didn't seem to have gotten the point. Most of them didn't get the point. Most of them didn't get the point. Their father started out imperfect, but take my words for it, he ended up almost perfect. Through the process of his life, God corrected and corrected and fine-tuned him until he became the person that God really wanted him to be. And he could put his name, that God could put his name on Jacob's name. So that it was, not, it was not called the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I don't think God will have loved the name, the God of Reuben. Is there who? Reuben. No, leave that thing. Leave me. <laughs> but David did well. Because the next person that he began to call by his name in their lineage was David. But David began how? In iniquity. He began also in sin. So we said last time, God does not just use perfect people. But the imperfect person that he's using must do what? Must aim for perfection. We began that last time. And that's what I want to develop further. God does not use perfect people. But the imperfect person he's using must aim for perfection. And he must aim, she must aim all the days of his or her life. You you must never accept that you have reached there. There's always something you know, to correct. One day I was listening to the airplane and he said something that knocked me out. I forgot he had been in ministry for maybe like 30 years or 40 years. I forgot how long. He was already in his 70s. And then he took a holiday, he and his wife. And they took some weeks to go over their lives, correcting the errors that he had been making and she had been making too. Imperfections in their lives, they were digging them up. For over 40 years, this man had been preaching. He had been a believer since he was in his 20s. And at this particular point in time, he was sitting down to say, where am I getting it wrong? What am I not doing right? What part of me is not pleasing to the Lord? Let's not forget that. God does not pick perfect people, but the imperfect person he has picked must aim for perfection. Otherwise, the fact that he picked you becomes a problem. Did you get my point? Let's take a man like Saul. Was he perfect? No, Saul was not perfect. Saul would have done better in life if he was not anointed king. Once they made him king, that was when his madness began to manifest. 
it blossomed, flourished, and was perfected. Then Saul died for the trespass he committed against the Lord. If they had left Saul alone, maybe the Lord would never have given him any instruction for which he would have, you know, trespassed and had to die. So the anointing upon him became a problem. Many of the things that God, you know, let's be careful. If God gives you, you know, there, there are gifts that God gives people. They, all have, they also have their own problems. But different gifts have different problems. The gifts that have the greatest problems are the ones that go with the microphone. If you have a calling that's in the closet, maybe your name is Simeon, what are you going to be proud of? You can just be bragging to yourself, we brought Jesus to the earth with our prayer. Nobody will give you the microphone to share the testimony. The one who share it once, I bet bro, this old man, what is wrong with him? Go and sit down. But the people that have the greatest temptations are the ones that have this. You understand what it is? Yes, you know what it is? What, what is it called? Yes. It's connected to an amplifier. The people that their voices are amplified, that they can make people do things. They are the ones that have the greatest temptations. You know, today, I, I don't know where I stumbled into the news. Okay, they were reading about, they were, they were, uh, one of the newspapers was writing about people that lose money from um, Ponzi schemes. And these Ponzi schemes, they are plenty. I still see them on our staircases, still collecting people's money. I didn't call anybody's name more. I just said I see people. As I was climbing up today, you will open an account with that money. I was like, this girl, this small girl, don't let God do this. It's strong. So we're talking people out of their money. The person talking to you thinks she's in a good office. You know she's on a staircase, on a plastic chair that's half broken. If not so, this is they make money. Why are you on a staircase? <laughs> Have you thought about it? But they don't know. I saw a, a movie long ago when the guy says, let me go into a private place to talk to you. He goes under his table. <laughs> They've been marketing people. If he wants want to talk to a client, say, oh, there's so much noise on the trading floor. Let me get into my office. He goes into a toilet and locks the door. And we were giving them thousands of dollars to invest. Uh, people here are sending their money to girls who are sitting on staircases. Who don't have a decent chair to sit. If you see the phone, now Robert, they take time. I say, is how, if this is how this is making money, why can't you even buy a good phone? But you won't know now. Everybody is sounding the same on the other end. And that's, a, oh, that's an aside. So they were analyzing it. Okay? About how these Ponzi schemes have... I forgot how many billions that it showed that has been lost in the last few years in Nigeria to it. They decided mentioning names of, they mentioned two prominent Nigerian musicians that led people like sheep to the slaughter. And the man, one of them is CD birthday last week, and people were still sending him. I said, you should, that birthday money, you should collect it. Is it they call one, is it Rastelli, Rastelli, or something? Some of you will know it. Did your money enter? No, thank God. They said they, they, that this, billions disappeared with Rastelli. The following week, the guy was back again to lead sheep like slaughter into another one. You know the musician I'm talking about? Yes. You know why I could do that? They said he has how many million followers? Is it 10 million followers on Twitter or Instagram? Jonathan, this is where your money is. Why didn't you ask them that this is where you put your money? People will not have enough wisdom to ask him, bros, was that how you made your own money? J.J. Okocha is always advertising bed, bed something, bed king, or one of those. And I, the average person won't ask J.J., was that how they paid you when you were playing Europe? They were betting on your behalf. 
So when you score a goal, they place a bet. Was that how they paid you as a footballer? The average person doesn't ask. I see all of all people that God will punish, all of them. If your face is advertising betting, God will punish you. Amen. Say amen, you have me. Amen. Yes. You know, I have a prophetic gift to bring righteousness into Nigeria. And this, we should go out. If you're a prominent musician, you're a prominent footballer, you're a prominent figure, and you're telling the young people to come and bet, the Lord will judge you. Amen. You're a prominent musician, you're a prominent anything, and you're leading young people, instead of them to go and walk, you're leading them to what do you call the Ponzi schemes. As they lose money, you will lose a hundred times more. Amen. Say amen if you are with me. Amen. This nonsense must stop. I release the judgment of God into the air. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord of this nation. Anyone who makes money through hard work, who God blesses through his skill, has skill, work, effort, energy. What the Bible calls he that gathers by labor. Then he turns around and uses the prominence that God has given him to lead young people astray. That the way to make money is to put your money in Ponzi schemes. In rapid results, you know, investments, and in betting. As you put your face, the anyone you motivate, and who as is losing money, you are losing substance. Amen. Ultimately, you lose your voice, and you will lose your prominence. Amen. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. I mean, I tired for nonsense. People that God blessed the normal way. Then they want to lead people coming after them. As somebody used to say those days, you see preachers that learn to pray and study. They will be alone for hours. Then they now tell you, we will lay hands and you enter destiny. You say, bro, is that how they lay hands on you? Was that how you enter destiny? Was it not the normal way? Waiting upon the Lord? For decades, nobody knew you were there. You gave your life to Christ as a young boy, young girl. Your life was a life of self-denial. You served the Lord. You gave everything. You left, left all the pleasures of life. To, then God now poured a grace upon you. You now tell those coming after that once I lay my hands on you. Nonsense. Why did it? Was that how they lay hands on you? One of you that, that makes me sad. When some pastors, because the Bible says he himself does not know how. Sometimes those who don't know how, when they want to teach other people, I just be sad. Say that no, before we used to do it like this. Now we have learned. No! The way you were doing it before was when you were sowing the seeds. Now you want to teach people the work of harvest time. The time of harvest, things are different. You do things differently. You don't teach them how to sow their seeds. After what I said, I'm not joking. Let let all, all those who are advertising rubbish, let them hear these words. I don't care whether you're a Christian or not. Jesus is Lord over this nation. And he has a church, a body. An ecclesia in this land. We make decrees on his behalf. And then I've issued one on his behalf. If you put your voice out there again, you put your prominence out there to lead people to be losing money, lose focus. You know, that's not how God blessed you. We pronounce his judgment upon you. Now, because of you, I've forgotten what I was preaching. So this will remind me again. I now wanted to talk about people who, when God, the temptation. Yes. Uh, yes. I remember I was saying that, okay? That those who have the mic... These are temptations. They easily get corrupted. Many of our Christian musicians, 
and not Christian musician, I mean praise and worship many that ministers in the temple, you know, because you can be a musician and not be being a musician in the temple. I'm like, you are playing instruments. I mean, you just can be a cook also. It doesn't mean you're cooking in church. I hope you're getting my point. <laughs> okay. But those who are really are ministers of the tabernacle, who their gift is to use this mic, their voice, their ability to play, to motivate believers, they are some of the people you should pray for the most. Them and preachers are about the same line. The tempt- their temptations are strong. I think, I think their own mammonic temptation is even stronger. No, it's, no, it's not stronger. They are, both of them are strong That's in, their, in both lives. Because the world tends to gravitate towards their gift. The world doesn't often gravitate towards the gift of the prophet and teacher. Not as much. Sometimes they try. Sometimes they try. They want to entice you, come and teach business principles. You know, There's one thing that used to happen to me those days. I don't get it anymore. People ask me to come and talk to their staff. Yeah. Nobody does it anymore. I just know I'm saying, I realize that it hasn't happened to me in a very long time. One major bank in Nigeria, they had a regional, they invited me. But then I, I, was, I, I was very wise. I told the man, hey, bros, can we see? He said, I said, we need to discuss some things. thought I wanted to discuss how much I charge. No. I told him, I'm a preacher of the gospel. Are you not here to help your bank? Profit. Now I told the guy, I'm not going to go there. To I'm just just an opportunity to teach the word. Are you happy with that? He said yes. That's what our guy at the top wants. I said you are sure. He said yes. So you want a preacher to come and preach? But I'm not coming there to motivate you on how to increase your performance in next quarter. I told him flat. Too. I'm telling you straight. I told him like that. He was the original manager. He said yes. I said okay. If that's the case, if it's now, I won't bother. But those days, I agreed. Once I finished preaching long ago in Lagos, you know that <laughs> I was very small at that time. I'm older now. The story I'm telling you now is like 20, uh, 24, 25 years ago. So whatever I look like now, just remove 24 years. So they were doing a youth program in one church. Some of the youth leaders, they knew me from campus. They said, who do they bring? We said, there's one of our brothers. He's in loose. Let him go. So they came, asked me to come. So, of course, I went. They are usually the main leader didn't know me. So he was a bit afraid whether the meeting go good. So that I still remember I went with a waistcoat. I didn't have proper suits those days. I wore a waistcoat and I went. But by the time they saw me, this is a youth preacher. Hey, the boys knew that things were bad. I didn't look anointed. In fact, I remember the youth... The youth president, and the, it was his, either his deputy or his secretary that recommended me. So him and the, he and the president came to my house to come and see me. The guy came to check how I was preparing my mind to come and preach for people. Which kind of preparation do you want? I will go on a long fast because I want to preach for you. What do you think you people are? <laughs> I don't know. I was nice to him, but I was, I, I was kind of irritated by his visit. I'm not kidding. I remember it well. Like, bro, sitting there, fine. If you don't want me to preach, I will leave me. I will come begging to come and preach. I mean, I needed to read and pass exam. Preaching is, I mean, I mean, anyway. So I got to their church that day. They did all kinds of things. They danced, they did choreography, they took announcement for like 30 minutes. They now gave me 40 minutes to preach. I wasn't angry. If it's now, I won't take it from you. But that time, I took it. Then when I was done, the young man took my hand. I couldn't leave it. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, sir. He was shaking there. The one big man in the, in the that's why I'm telling the story. He came, said, Wow. 
He had never heard anything like that. Man, he, like, once you see him, you know he's a big man. You know there's some people that just look. It's not about his size, though. It's about his skin, the, sh- the cloth he's wearing, the watch, the ring, the everything, the aura around him. You know this guy, <sighs> crude oil. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so he saw me. He brought out his card. He gave me his card. That please, you need me to come and talk to his staff. That's where I'm going. Say, wow, that was tremendously blessed. That one can come and address his staff. Anyway, good enough, we never followed up the relationship. But that's how people target ministers. Now, that crude oil appearance, that time, let me not lie. If you are saying I should come and talk to his staff, I forgo. I will have been thinking of the crude oil appearance, hoping that, and you know, I thank God for my life. He would have disappointed me. Yeah, he would have. God would have made sure that was disappointed, so that we never like crude oil again. All right, but we didn't follow up the relationship. But you see, sometimes people target preachers also for that. He was inviting me not to come and teach them the word of God. But when I was done that day, everybody was motivated. The place was charged. I remember very well. In fact, the pastor of the church was a redeemed church in Lagos. The pastor was not around. He went somewhere else to go and preach that day. But before I was done, he had come back. Before we left. So he told me that, ah, that he had heard what happened. Though. That he had already collected the tape to go home and go and listen to it. That's how tremendously they were blessed that day. So the man felt that if this anointing can be put into productivity in the company, our profit will increase. And if you're a preacher, please don't fall for it. You're not a company developer. It's the word of God that you're supposed to be preaching. People sometimes... All right, they, they go after those things because really they will profit too. A lot of pastors have gone that way. I hope you're aware. A lot, a lot. And it's, it's a temptation. They've gone that way. Because each time they enter into a company, if people listen to them, they are motivated. Except that they are motivated for productivity, not for the righteousness of God. And they were called to go and teach people the righteousness of God. So, but then, by the time you start like that, after a while, each of your visits, they pay you well. It's not about, after a short while, you start getting angry. That this was the last time I did, did and they did. I mean, look at how much God helped them. They didn't even honor you. Next time you tell them your bill is five million naira. And if the company is big enough and they are rich enough, you know what happened? They will pay. And after they pay twice, apostle, you start foundation. When they pay f- four more times, you don't reach their king level. Before you know what's happening, someone is telling them that all the years we were preaching righteousness. What did you get? Now you change your suit, you, you are shiny. Then you cannot be paying nonsense money to become more prominent. Then you have lent. And there was one pastor I knew used to sell forever living products and GNLD. All he used to do on TV, he would introduce himself, pastor so and so. All he sold was herbs. Yes. Mammon is dangerous. Mammon will help you lose destiny rapidly. And you won't know because you'll be making mammon. Oh, it, hap- it happens. They will tell you that, look, for 20, of course, that's the one that pains me. They will not come and be preaching. For 20 years, we're doing this way. Then one day, our eyes opened. Praise God. And the guy, within five years, he had made more financial progress than he made, that in one year, he made more financial progress than the previous 20 years of ministry put together. So you know what he starts doing? He amplifies the areas that work. Pareto principle. 
20%, give him 80% of the results. Except that the other side, which is the righteousness of God, which does not produce such rapid results, is the one God will judge him for on the last day. How much of this is you preach? Tell you the truth. We're already preaching the message for next week. You think he's quite, this anointing is already in the air. Apostle, what do you think? It's already here, forcing me to say things instead of me sitting on the main thing I wanted to say. Again, down two, I have forgotten how I got there. Hmm? Yeah, I know it's the microphone. This microphone has been the center of all this. Let me just continue preaching. I'll find my way around. I have a message for today. And listen to me. Let me warn you ahead. You're not going anywhere until I finish preaching the thing I want to preach. Be warned. I hope you are ready. After all, by two weeks time, you won't see me for some weeks. So you see, the anointing really, you have to, anointing sometimes when it comes, it becomes a temptation. Yeah, that's exactly where I went into that. Yes, because, so I, I, and I said those who suffer the greatest temptations are those that God, by that call, by that unction, they have such, you know, ability that God has given them to move people. So they can get people to release money. They can get material, and I said those who sing as an example, the world helps them to corrupt their anointing further because the record labels, listen to, let me just digress again. If God, if you see the gift of God in operation, now, Satan knows how to recognize it. Did you hear what I said? Yes, he knows how to recognize it. That's what I was trying to say. The Bible said the adulteress hunts for what? Precious lives. You understand? So he knows this thing is precious. So if we can get this guy on our side, and the only thing, they don't have any other thing to really offer. The only thing they can offer is money. Bow to me, I give you the whole world. So people with certain graces, can I use that word? Grace, graces. Ability to move people and persuade them to pay attention to the Lord. You can move the same people and make them buy an album. So you will see a gifted preacher who's supposed to, maybe the person has a musical gift, who's supposed to sing and direct people to righteousness. You know, the gifts and calling of God, they are what? Without repentance. Be very, very careful about that. People who are anointed like that, if they misuse that anointing, there's a way the thing turns around. They will do something different, but actually spiritually similar. Physically different, but spiritually similar. Bob Jones explained that Elvis Presley was an evangelist. But you know what he made young people do? Go crazy. He could move everybody to dance. In the process, they get drunk. They get involved in all kinds of things under the influence of Elvis Presley. It's an illustration, an example I use once in a while. There's a man I know. Anytime he's speaking, very persuasive. But this is the one that is, when he starts speaking and I'm there. You know, I have, to, I have to train myself not to be carried away by his talk. Because I said nine times out of ten, he's lying. Things that he's saying, they are not true. He will make promises he cannot keep. He will say things that he does not intend to do, and people follow him, young and old. Those who don't know, all he needs to do is talk to you once or twice. You are swayed. You get carried away. And I say, he has one of the strongest teaching and, you know, preaching gifts that I've ever seen. So when I see it carrying people away, I know that is what is going on. That is what is, that is, what is operating. First year I came to Enugu, 
My faculty then used to give some, certain that was the first year I won it. Best lecturer in giving well understood lectures. And when I was presented with the award, I laughed. I said, oh, this is not a fair contest. I was teaching students you know, in the university. But I said to myself, this is not a fair contest. They should just leave me out of this contest. Because if I focus on that job, give that award 10 times, I will collect it 10 times. You know the reason? It's an anointing. But the anointing was not given to me for that purpose. It was given to me, I understand that, primarily for teaching the word of God. That's why at the point in time in my life, of course, the moment we went on air, radio, TV, those early days I used to, well, I knew people in the radio, you know, stations and all of that. They called me once in a while to come and speak on health matters and all of that. I did that a few times. Then once we went on radio, began to preach the word of God on radio, that's when they called me, I said, no, that, that time is over. I said, this voice, anytime you hear it on air, it must be declaring the word of God. Remember I told you during COVID, I have a classmate who's, you might have read about her in the newspapers and all these very, you know, shuttles between the United States and Nigeria, public health person, you know, all these Harvard trained people and all of that, all these working on national issues, you know, um, vaccination, then when this COVID came in, so she knows people. So during COVID, she was arranging people to speak on air. You know, so one day she just sent me a chat, Banky, please, will you be willing to go on air and educate of course, most people would, fall, would, would like the idea, you know. I mean, it was supposed to be like AIT channels, one of those big stations. And they, they were going to arrange, arrange everything. I was going to speak from my home anyway. You just have the kind of background to have, what to dress, how, how to dress. And they would now, you know, the way it was those days. Uh, you get you by Zoom and then you'll be, I mean, it's nice. It does not feel good. Are you not feeling good for me already? <laughs> and of course, the journalists they know how to introduce you, make you look like an important person, even though you are nothing in life, but you make you look so important. <laughs> The little you have, they will, they will pump it up for you like this. Eh? <laughs> but then she finished, I just said, ah, my dear sister. I said, this guy never shows up in public like that except he's preaching. That was my answer. I thanked her for the offer. Thank you very much. I said, but there's one thing. Once I'm standing up like that in the media, I must be preaching. Do you know, I don't even allow myself to be, you know, if I show up on air, I am careful. Politics, I, if I, once I enter, I quickly drop one or two illustrations and I'm out. You won't hear my real opinion. You know, it was interesting. Most people thought I voted for this our head of state. People were close to me. When Jonathan ran against Buhari that first time, they thought I voted for, for, for President Buhari. They were surprised, well, I can say that, to find that I did not. All of say, what? You didn't? Bro, from the things you are saying, I say, you see, let me put it like this. It's what your spirit was hearing. If you heard the things I said, I know all of them till now. I said one, just give a few illustrations. One, I said, vote according, I said, your vote is a statement of your faith. It's a statement of your prayer. So you, you must be careful not to put your vote in to say something different from what you are asking God for. And I said things like, if you think Mr. A is very corrupt and Mr. B is not corrupt, and your prayer is about corruption, you have to vote for the person that you say is not corrupt, if that's the only parameter. 
I give a number of illustrations that you cannot vote along tribal lines. And I even explained that you, won't, you can't even vote. This person is, my, is a Christian. This person is not. You can't even do that when it comes to democracy because I have read scriptures enough to know the greatest deliverances are not usually given. Necessarily, okay, let me use the word. Necessarily given by people of faith. What do you concern Cyrus with Judaism? But God said, I have instructed him to let my oppressed go free. History tells us now that it was not only the Jews he released. He was not, he was, he was like an American of these days. They don't know this territory thing. It was not his thing. You want to go back to your house? Go. You have a God that they destroyed the temple. He gave you money to rebuild. As long as you promise one thing. You pray for his, him and his sons. You pray for his kingdom. So you have to agree to offer sacrifices on his behalf. He gave you everything you needed. But that was actually how God moved him to let his people go free. So I explained all of these things. You know the interpretation of many people? This man is an APC man. How I voted is not relevant now. But the point I wanted to make is that I spoke as I understood. And many people interpreted it as they understood. That means that pastor is voting APC. I did no such thing. The Lord is good. By the way, you know I'm talking about anointing. Politicians are part of the world. They, they, they also know how to tap into that anointing. Politicians go everywhere there's a crowd. Even if you are worshipping Juju there, they will come. One day all of us were confused. You know, we're so happy that there's revival in UK. Because, <laughs> is it David Cameron? Uh, Cameron? He said, our daddy Gio. Ah, we say praise God. There's revival in UK. Pastor, yeah, the boy is now a daddy to the, <laughs> to the prime minister, British prime minister. One of our brothers said, Abek, stop all this nonsense. He was so angry. He said, he's not a politician. Are you aware that last week he was in the Buddhist temple? I said, ah. He said, next week the Baba go go Moscow. Leave that, you know. The guy don't check out. More than one million Nigerians that can vote? No, that is a Jew. I mean, Jew is a daddy. That is a... <laughs> this one, no. This one, way that they talk. Politicians. <laughs> yeah, the bros don't check out. Now they say, oh, what, where, where, which one did they go? This is not redeemed. They are, they are father, they come. It's our father. <laughs> People have warned me, say, Pastor, please, don't take photo with politicians. No. Say, they will come and greet you. Some paparazzi is waiting. Just by the way, if you want to take photo, come. I can't be fighting. You don't photograph me. All I know is that once my heart is pure and you use my picture to win the election, you will lose that election. I, I won't even personally denounce you. Photography is free. If I see that Boski, you think I will refuse to greet him? I will greet him. The only thing I will not call him is man of God. I will say, oh boy, you are exciting. I said, boy, you really make me laugh. I like your energy. He said, as a fellow man, don't follow me. I'm not your fellow man of God. Stay your lane. Every man knowing level. What if you now photograph us when we are talking? Okay, it's like Jesus being tempted by devil. You now photograph it and put it on social media. Say, Jesus and devil, they are talking. Does it mean anything? You know, he was tempting him. Assuming you were able to capture them or follow now zoom in. Boom! Paparazzi. Now put it. Jesus speaks to the devil. Jesus said, who does not speak to the devil? The father talks to the devil. From whence have you come? Is it not two of them talking? 
Now photograph them before the judgment room. Say, see, God talks to the devil, so all of you must talk to the devil. It doesn't work like that. What's the point I'm making? Even that the world is always trying to haunt that precious thing. You have to continually guard it. Guard it. That thing doesn't guard you. You guard it. Did you hear what I said? It doesn't guard you. You guard it. You protect it. And how do you protect it? Don't fall for it. There are just three things they can use. The loss of the eyes, the loss of the flesh, and what? The pride of life. That's all they can use. They don't have any other thing to use to collect it from you. It's always the loss of the eyes, the loss of the flesh, and the pride of life. Listen, that financial loss has cost a lot of us ministers to miss our way. True ministry is not always glamorous. It's hardly glamorous. Your church may not be, you know, like the biggest one in town. That, you know, you now become the father in the lot to half of the city. It does not always work. Almost every city that Paul went, they threw him out. If he didn't go out, JJ, he went out forcefully. In fact, it was a way by which God made sure he could not build any tabernacle anywhere. Paul could not build headquarters. Once he wants to settle, they always threw him out. In case you did not know, that was why he called his turn in the flesh. Go and read it. Every time he had a massive revival like that, before the, hey, everybody say, hey, brother Paul, next thing, Jews will come from somewhere. Stir up rebellion against him. It was God. That was what Paul called his turn in the flesh. Because that's, if you see, he said, therefore I will glory in my infirmities. He now began to list his persecution and all of that. It wasn't that people say his turn was that he was sick. It's not as if I'm trying to argue whether Christians can be sick or not. That's not the issue. But Paul's turn in the flesh was those persecutions that he suffered every time he had the massive breakthrough in ministry. So you see, the whole town, at the end of the day, he will leave. Leave the brethren. Leave Paul, uh, Timothy with them, send them Titus, and writing them letters. Afterwards, he will come visit them for a few days, but God made sure the man could not build any tabernacle anywhere. That was just not his call. He had to keep on going. He kept on going. So let's bear that in mind. Ministry, and the anointing, he has his temptations, but please guard it. I've said it again, just three things. The loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the pride of life. That's what Satan offers all the time. To try to get that thing away from us. I was trying to explain. Because he knows it will work for him also. If he can get an anointed man, at the end of the day, if that person starts using this anointing, as he has fallen for the temptations of the devil, listen to me, he starts building Satan's kingdom. Did you hear me? He starts building Satan's kingdom with the same anointing that God had given him. So, God gave him a musical gift. They tell him, remove the word Jesus and just say God and he agrees. And it's the first temptation. They don't stop there. They don't stop there. Once you agree, and of course it's for money. It's for money. And let me just say again, please don't let anybody buy your destiny. They told one footballer recently that if you don't do anything to embarrass the club, is it half a million pounds you'll give him extra every month? Who, who remembers? Okay. Let's just, 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 just say 500, over almost half a million pounds extra every month. Once you don't call this your Jesus thing to be embarrassing our club. People say, look at what the world is doing. I say, what do you mean? The world has always done this. There's no new thing there. The difference is, are we going to accept? 
If I were the one, the answer is no, I won't sign. The only thing they can tempt you with is that they will fire you. And they usually do that. I don't expect God to make sure they don't fire you. It's football. It's not, it's not anything spiritual. It's football. You stand up for Christ, they will fire you. Don't think my God will not come here. God ain't coming anywhere. It's football. When the temptation comes, you have to, the Bible says they did not love their lives even when faced with what? What they call it? Athletic death. That's an application. You say, your career will end. Say, what is it? People have ended their lives. Their necks ended when they didn't agree. Ordinary football career will end. Leave that thing. I go back and go and be teaching young children how to play soccer. I know my salary will now be 1,000 pounds a month. Leave it. That 1,000 pounds is enough for me to buy food. And having food and raiment, with that, the Bible says I should be content. It's just that many of us still think that God needs cash. He does not need cash. People this say, you know, God, God you if you want to sin, be negotiating financially with God. God, if you just do me like this now, I will not give you money. You have sinned. I want to go to God say, Lord, this money eh, is going to be like $5 million. If it can just come, I'm promising you, I'm going to give $2 million out to ministry. It's a sin. I mean, when you use it as a motivation that God should use it to bless you, it's, it's, it's an insult. If you want $5 million, ask him for $5 million. Don't make it any urukurukos. <laughs> Deal with the Lord. No, no, Christians think it is right. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I'm promising you, I'll give you this amount of money. God feels insulted. It's like my son coming, he came to me today, now he said, please, I, I should put on my, my phone hotspot for him so he can download something on his tab. I said what? He told me that it was an academic thing. Now imagine him saying that, Daddy, if you just put on your hotspot for me, I will download my app and I will download the music for you. <laughs> no, just think about it for a moment. Now look at Victory. Are you awake or you are still sleeping? Your name is Victory. Victory over confusion because you are sounding confused right now. You want to use my own data to download. Did I tell you I don't know where they sell the music? If you want me to put on, just say, Daddy, please, put it on for me. I'll put it on for you. You download whatever you want to download. Like, leave, me, leave me, please. Stop making deals as if I'm hungry. That's how some of us do, God. If you can just bless me like this, out of that $5 million, $2 million, $1 million, instantly to my church, tight, bam. Another $1 million I shared, you know, Pastor came with needs a new car. I give it to him. Pastor Banky, the way he's been preaching is because he doesn't have no money. I give him some money. <laughs> Oh, you all close that business. You are not well. <laughs> Go away. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong. If, if it's sincerely in your heart, Lord, I, I, like one brother said that, people have been giving one million naira. What did they worry me? Say, can't I? It became a prayer point. If I've had a testimony from different people, because somebody just said, ah, so that thing, God was able to, God helped me, I was able to give them, ah, man, offering. You know, you grow up when you are going to church, do this. Your parents will give you 50, 50 naira. You know the way it is? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> well, yeah, that's when we were young. These people are small, small boys. <laughs> Did, have you ever given coin? Apostle? Don't lie. You can't lie. You're a man of God. <laughs> have they ever given you a coin to go to church? When we went to, No, please. Those of you who have long BRB, I can understand. I'm talking about... <laughs> no, when we were children, it was coins now. Coins. 
half cover, literal. Some people didn't know there was half cover. Look at him walking, looking as if he wanted to faint. Yes, my offering as a little boy was half cover. Half cobble, litra. That was how much you bought sweet. And, and the sweet finished too. Nobody even wants sweet. Some people, you know, they, you, you grow up like that half cobble. Then one day, because of course, this modern day, a lot of children they are going to this 2020 and by the way, let me just go as an aside again. Parents, don't do it. It's not good. Don't stop giving your children tiny, tiny money as their own offering. My children are wondering, say, what are you talking about? We have never had. My children have never given 50 naira in church, never. Why? I don't think that, ah, you didn't get a lot of money. No. The idea is that my wife and I sat down, debated about it, said, listen, don't give them a bad impression about what it means to give to the work of the ministry. This way, they followed you to the mall. They've seen you. They will pick, pick, pick. They um, you know, this guy will do, tum, tum, tum. Then balance on the screen, 11,000 naira. And you bring out cash, and you bring out your card. And they, they saw it. They're not giving them 100 to go to church. You've told them something you don't realize. You don't real, you've told them something. You don't realize it. So what we have done from time, those days, it was at the point that my wife now changes. It used to be the oldest that would take the offering. So they will see the volume. Say, so when you get to children's church, give to your uncle. That's for offering for you and your younger ones. The lesson was just big money also goes to church. You've heard the joke before. I, I can't get away from telling this joke. The <laughs> one CBN collected money back, old money in, the circul- in circulation. So the money was inside the vault before burning. So they were not talking about how exciting their life was. So 1,000 that was the Nigeria of today, 1,000 the biggest note. The 1,000 and the 500 they were talking, man, what a life. They went to restaurants, they went to parties, they went to cinemas, they were at the mall, they went to airports, they flew. Ah! What a life. The 59 were just looking at them. So well, how was it? Oh boy, now church. I was just going to church. <laughs> he said I was always going to church. It's not good. What did I say? If you ever carry your children to the mall, please never give them 15 years to go to church. It's a bad thing you are teaching them. It's a bad thing. It's better that they don't give offering every Sunday. Even if it's once a month, I end up and say, hey, it's offering week. Hey, gather the money. All right, put in a big envelope. Let them see it. Then who will carry it? Two of you hold it. Offering time, two of you hold it. It's true. The aim is that you want them to know Offering is big. Because I don't know about you. Me, I grew up thinking offering is change. God knows me. I will never... You see, one of the reasons why Kingdom World didn't do offering time is I don't want to be bringing change. <laughs> if you don't want to give, not give. What's wrong with your app? I mean, open the app. Abraham's blessings are mine. You know, when people want to try... You can't transfer 100 naira. You know now. <laughs> You go. Ah. You can't transfer hundred naira. No, see, I've never been in church service, and I brought up my phone to transfer, and it's five thousand. It's not possible. How, do you get my point? When you want to transfer, you go. You know, it will be a transfer. Amen. We transfer in two fifty. 
the charge self because it's another bank. <laughs> no, I mean, we're joking, we're laughing. But Britain should learn how to transfer. Amen. I remember one of our alumni fellowship meetings, those days, I was, I was the president that day, at that time. Pastor Chris, our current president. Well, if we're finishing that, uh, this thing, they said, ah, balance. That we're still two millionaires short of our expense for the convention. And convention is ending that night. So what do we do? I said, what are we going to do? I said, no, I'm not telling Brendan anything. That we are ch- I, no, I'm not a whining. I'm not a complaint. I said, I'm not telling anybody anything. I said, the only thing, I will rebuke the brethren. So I just called. I said, brethren, um, I didn't tell that much we were short, but I just told them something. I said, guys, I hope you are giving according to your level. No, that's what I told brethren. I said, you have to be giving according to your level. You can't give, uh, I mean, you, you're driving for convention. Your car is sharp, you know. Brethren will buy a brand new car, drive a car for a convention, and they give me 100000 and they will think that I should be happy. So why are you insulting me and God? So stop that nonsense. I, I, that's why I talk to my brethren. So you can't be coming here with fine, fine rides, and you give me uh, 200000 and you say you have given an offering. I said, please. Another convention, we don't take offerings. We just call me, we do, and look, any money you want to go, you know where to put it. I finished talking. I said, please, in case you have not done according to your level, before the night is over, please make sure you do according to your level. Yeah? That's all I said. Next morning, <laughs> our financial secretary, here and I were talking. I said, how far? He said, okay, no, we're okay, we're okay. I said, what did you say? He said, we're okay. I just didn't know. He said, we're two million dollars short. Ah, he said, okay, when you finish talking, you mentioned one brother's name. He said, just left, left the hall. Boom. He got a lot on his phone. One million. I said, now you are, this is how Christians give. Not this, or this, or yeah. You queue up, going go around the offering basket. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> Honestly, you know, if, if you know that's it, annoys me. It will not be killed as if it must go. No, me, I don't believe in it. No, I like, see, give, giving is you prepare for it. You prepare, it's not, we're not paying God like I must give you some. No, it's, it's an honor. See, so this work we are doing, I'm part of it. You hear that we are brought, if, if I, look, once in a while, I get some training testimony, I share, I just tell the co-workers, please just read this testimony so that you know what you are part of. So people would know, you know, you, you, you hear that, ah, like I said, like, we just came from Kotakot. People came to me and gave me testimonies of how the word has changed their lives. And some people dragged out to that radio in Kotakot and paid most of the bills. So people like that, I will share with them, look at what the word that people are hearing in this place, what it is doing. And you will see the result of the travail of your soul. And that should satisfy you. Just that nod your head and say, ha! Praise God, I'm part of this. I told the story of one of our brothers. He was driving, gave a young woman a lift. And the cost of, it was just, okay, you're going down my way. Okay, yeah, enter now, let me drop it somewhere. And just start a conversation with her. They were just talking in the car. Then I think she put up her phone when she entered the car. And he heard, I don't know exactly how it began. He heard part of, he just heard my voice. Sir, who, who's that you're listening to? Ah, the young lady went to town. You know what I mean? Began to talk, you know, because the bank said this one, and you should listen to him. He did not say anything. You know. just said, eh? Okay, how can I get his messages? They finished talking, and okay. We got to where she, she wanted to drop. He stopped. She came down, told her bye-bye, and was smiling to himself. She, he didn't tell her, see, this man you're making noise about, I call him now, you answer the phone. He didn't say, he, he didn't say to her he knew me. 
But what he just said to me, so God, please, can I say this? Because he gives to the ministry quite heavily. He says, sir, I just said to myself, my money is working. He said, when he dropped the girl off, he nodded and said, hmm, my money is working. My money is working. Because this is not Enugu. What we are describing is many states far removed from here. He just said, my money is working. I told you the story of, you remember our brother that came from Nasarawa? Was it Nasarawa? Yeah, Kefi. He came for last year's, uh, two years ago, the minister's meeting we had here. One of those meetings, end of year. When he described his own story, Kai, I was excited to be a preacher. So I went to a shop in Abuja to go out, a car shop. And somebody says something, and he looked at the person. And said, you sound like you, no, I think you want to say something. The other person looked at him and said, you sound like you listen to Pastor Banky. Yeah, the person just made a statement. And he picked on the statement and said, do you listen to Pastor Banky? And they looked at each other. And ho- do you, <laughs> they hold each other. Ah, you do it. You do. They opened their phones and they were comparing. <laughs> this was in Abuja. He came from Kefi. He came for that meeting, then shared the testimony. When you hear such things, and you are giving money for broadcasting, you know you like, uh-huh, after all, my money is working. That is what the attitude Christians you have. Your money should work. What did I say? Your money should work. The Lord is good. This is my message today. I will preach it too, because this time I go like this, I also. I miss the road. Um, okay, you have been very good. Bring me back again. Hmm? We have a duty to guard the anointing. The, yes, I don't, I don't know what I was saying. The world is hunting for it. They are hunting for it. Protect it. Guard it. I hope you're getting my point. Protect it and do what? And guard it. Make sure that you don't sell it. Don't sell it for anything. There's nothing the world is offering that's not temporal. Everything they're offering is temporal. But it's an eternal reward for those who use the gift of God very well. The Lord is good.